Hello, Monetization Nation. Today, I am joined by Alinka Rutkowska. Alinka is the CEO of Leaders Press, a USA Today and Wall Street Journal best-selling press, where she creates books for entrepreneurs from scratch and launches them to bestseller status with a 100% success rate. She worked with top business leaders, such as Po Chung, the co-founder of DHL International, Mark Luridin, the CEO of Bull Outdoors Products, Bull Outdoor Products, and Chris Katranis, the founder of Babylon Telecommunications. Leaders Press releases have landed on bookshelves together with Nobel Prize winners and World Economic Forum speakers. Alinka's mission is to help 10,000 entrepreneurs share their wisdom with the world by 2030. Alinka is an official member of the Forbes Business Council, and her cutting-edge book creation process has been featured in Entrepreneur Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Alinka. Thank you for having me, Nathan. I'm excited to be here. Can you tell us something that you are super passionate about? Hmm. Books. (laughs) (laughs) I'm super passionate about books and uh, helping entrepreneurs create great books that uh, become bestsellers, get onto the big lists like USA Today or Wall Street Journal, that it get into bookstores. And now we have an agreement with uh, Simon & Schuster. That's one of the largest publishers in the US and uh, through them we distribute our books. So I'm really passionate about uh, what we can offer our authors and that's a dream come true. I, can you give us a rough idea of, of what your services cost to be able to help someone create a book and get it on the bestseller list? That sounds like a dream for an aspiring author. How expensive is something like that? Mm-hmm. Our services range between 5,000 and 100,000. So it depends exactly what you want to do. Uh, We are able to uh, get you on the USA Today bestselling list as a co-author of an anthology uh, with uh, just a 5K investment. Uh, And then when our VIP Uh, offer. So the top thing that we can do for authors right now is to do their books from scratch, uh, launch them to USA Today, Wall Street Journal bestselling uh, status, get them into bookstores, um, get them promoted on Times Square in New York on the Reuters billboard, pitch them to um, a movie producer for a potential uh, movie to be based on it. Yes. Uh, so you said, wow, that's why it's a hundred K. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a lot opening a lot of doors for them. Okay. Uh, can you tell us your story? How did you become this expert at helping create and market books? Passion. Right. Um, so I've always been interested in business and in books. As a child, I put together the second a school newspaper. There was already one, but I thought they could use some competition. So uh, I wrote the first issue myself. And then uh, I thought, well, I don't actually have to write everything. And I got my uh, classmates to provide me with articles. And then I would type it all up on my computer, do the pretty layout, uh, print it out, staple it, and then 
uh, walk around the school and uh, cash some money. So that was uh, pretty exciting for me. I think I was um, 12 years old, maybe. Uh, and I had my first business, really. Uh, I liked it a lot, both the intellectual part uh, of creating the content, curating the content, and, you know, the business part of it. And, uh, you know, now I'm doing something <laughs> pretty similar, not with a newspaper, but with a publishing house. And in between, I studied uh, business and marketing and worked in multinational corporations. Then at a certain point, I had a quarter life crisis and thought, you know, is this all there is to life? Selling domestic appliances. And that's when I started with my first book, published it uh, independently. And the royalties of it surpassed my corporate income. And that's when I thought, you know, I don't need you corporate guys. I can take care of myself on my own. Of course, it's naive to think that you can replace, you know, your corporate income with one book and royalties from one book forever. But I did have a really good start. And that's what got me super excited. And uh, other authors were asking me about how I was promoting this book that was doing so well. And then I focused on that and I helped others. Um, and in 2015, I published my first book that really uh, put the spotlight on me as a uh, a book marketing expert. I published How I Sold 80,000 Books. And after that, um, I helped people, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, did some launches for them, didn't really have a crystal clear offering. And then I went to a mastermind in 2017 and um, our uh, host, Dean Jackson, asked what could be the highest value thing you could do for your audience. Don't think about what you would need to charge. Just think about what you could do. And I thought, oh my God, what if I could just do it for them from scratch? Because I was getting so many poorly written, poorly positioned, poorly packaged books to promote that I often had to go back to the author and say, okay, well, we can start working, but first <laughs> you need to rewrite this. And second, we need to reposition it. And third, we need to repackage it. So before, before we can actually do some you know, promotion, we need to focus on getting this thing to convert. And so I thought, let me help people set it up from scratch, do it right the first time around. And uh, I thought, okay, uh, so let's get an entrepreneur because I always loved business who wants to get a book, help them position it so that it can succeed. Then bring in a, a team of ghostwriters um, to interview them and write it. And then I can come back for the launch and launch it. So that was the first offering um, and you know, it, it worked. Uh, you know, we sold the first one, so yay! We first sold the second one, yay! And uh, you know, we developed our uh, unique selling proposition as we were going. So now it's very, very strong. And right now, we're the only hybrid publisher that uh, can guarantee USA Today bestselling status and distribution in bookstores. Um, and we're doing uh, really well, and it's it's exciting. So. I think that's what's, uh, that's the story here. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, what is the greatest home run that you've hit so far in your career? I think there were just many moments. Uh, one of them was for sure publishing How I Sold 80,000 Books, because this book put me in the spotlight. Yes. Um, for sure hitting the USA Today bestselling list for the first time, because myself being in the publishing industry, I mean, that's the title you 
you know, I mean, it's, it's decent to have. <laughs> yep. And then uh, being able to replicate that for other authors. So the first time we were able to uh, do it for somebody other than myself, um, another home run. And then uh, our distribution agreement with Simon & Schuster, I mean, that's huge. That's huge, huge, because uh, you would need to go find an agent. That agent would need to find a publisher. The whole thing would take two and a half to three years and you still have to write the book. Whereas, you know, with us, we're able to do that in uh, uh, less than a year and we write the book. So it's pretty hands-off for, for the entrepreneur. Um, so just a bunch of events. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty focused on what's gonna happen, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> I'm very, very um, a content, I would say, uh, accomplished. Uh, as far as what we've achieved, but always looking for, you know, what's next, uh, what, what's have, what are we going to, to achieve uh, next year, two years from now, three years from now, I have it all uh, mapped out. <laughs> You're a futurist. Mm. Okay. What is your biggest failure or the biggest mistake you've made in your career? And what did you learn from it? Mm. Uh, very early at the beginning of my career. <laughs> I wasn't, uh, I was just getting started. I had one book out and that was in 2010. I had one, I had that very first book out that brought me a lot in royalties. Uh, but uh, I lost a lot by um, going for a bad investment. So basically a company reached out to me uh, asking, uh, saying that they um, identified me as a great person to do an infomercial and, uh, you know, about myself in the book, I was like, wow, amazing. So they wanted to shoot you know, this thing and then promote to a million viewers. And I was super excited. I went through one phone call, I think. And then they said, well, great, you passed. We want you. There's just one, uh, there's just a small production fee <laughs> to take care of. And the pro small production fee was 20,000 bucks, which at the time was a really, was a big investment for me. And I mean, anytime you're going to invest money and get no return, it's, you know, always <laughs> uh, whatever the amount is, uh, it's not a good investment. But at the time it was a big deal. I took a loan to, to do that. And uh, yeah, I recorded the thing, but I don't think they ever showed it to anybody. The company was called Word World Progress Report or whatever. And I think they changed their name all the time. I then went to the lawyer and he was like, Okay, I can write to them, 500 bucks, please. And then I'm like, okay, well, they didn't reply. He's like, okay, I can send them the same message again, 500 bucks, please. I was like, you know what? Oh. <laughs> Let's just drop it. I'm going to uh, focus my energy on new things, uh, new projects, uh, finding new ways of generating revenue and forget about that and just use it as a learning experience. Learning experience, I didn't ask the right people what they thought about it. I wasn't part of any mastermind. I didn't have any, I didn't know any other author uh, who I could ask. I was just not in those circles. Right now I run a mastermind. And just uh, uh, just before this call uh, at my mastermind, one of the members asked, you know, there's this company that does these book awards. What do you think? And we all looked at those and we were like, you know, there are better ones that you should go for not this one. I didn't have anybody who would tell me that. So I asked um, some people around, but were, those were my corporate colleagues. They knew nothing about that industry. So the learning would be to always do your due diligence, 
but really do it. You know, ask the people uh, that can know the answer. You know, you don't ask your mom where to invest if you know your mom has never invested in anything. What is your best monetization secret or strategy? I think the funnel that we have going on, um, the multiple touch points uh, that we have b- before people talk to us. So we have a very transparent um, way of reaching out to people. Our pricing is on our website. I shared it with you on this podcast. So, uh, and we have a book, Outsource Your Book, that explains in detail what we do when somebody hops on board to work with us. So by the time somebody gets on a call with a, a salesperson, and that salesperson can be me sometimes, but you know, less and less me. But by the time somebody gets on a call and we actually talk about potentially working on their book, they have uh, interacted with several of our team members. They've received several emails. They've received the book, Outsource Your Book, the audio book. Um, so you, we ask them to read it before our call. We ask them to consume a webinar. We ask them to read our articles. We ask them to Google us. Uh, and so when they come to the call, they are pretty uh, knowledgeable about what we're doing. And uh, I think that uh, is really important. So then it's you know no longer tell me about yourselves because uh, they usually come and they say, well, I've seen what you've got going on, I'm impressed. And then we just ask them, well, let's talk about your book idea and uh, sort of take them through, um, through, through, through that journey. And I think it's uh, working well. We're always testing things and we always want to improve. We're always looking at, okay, uh, what's the difference between uh, you know, this particular funnel and this particular funnel, what's converting here, what's not converting here, what can we improve? Uh, but overall, uh, we're, we're doing very well. And I think the monetization strategy is, is that there are multiple touch points before they hop on a call. It's the pre-education before you do the sales call so that Mm -hmm. you're not having to sell them on you, that they're selling themselves on you, coming educated about you first. I Mm -hmm. love that. That's a great one. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest business tectonic shift that is transforming the business landscape today? Hmm. This, everything happening online. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the biggest. Um, I know that a lot of uh, offline or traditional businesses suffered throughout the recent times. And I emphasize, uh, we were virtual we've been virtual since the beginning so um things became easier for us um you know we did a book for the co-founder of dhl international and he said i loved your process i love the book but for the next one i actually want somebody in my office sitting with me doing this with me and um so for a while we were at the one book and you know when this whole thing started uh uh he said, let's do the second book. I want to do it with you guys. I want to do it <laughs> online. Uh, so just out, the way we uh, did business becoming, you know, the uh, standard way of doing business that um, 
removed one objection of, you know, I like doing things face-to-face, -face, which we never did. We always did things online. So that's the thing. And, uh, you know, some businesses were able to adapt. Probably most of uh, our listeners are in the online space. So um, already well predisposed to uh, do well. Uh, but, you know, if... Uh, if you're an offline business, then I've seen some amazing adaptation techniques like uh, uh, restaurants uh, that obviously had to close down become supermarkets uh, or you know, grocery yes. shops because uh, that was open and thrived. And when you look at Darwin's uh, theory, it's not the fittest that uh, uh, survives. It's the one that adapts best. And that's what we need to keep doing. What a great quote. One of my favorite adaptations I saw during COVID that a restaurant did, um, you know how when, when COVID started taking off and people started panicking, people started buying a lot of like bulk food and preparedness type of products. So one of the restaurants here in town actually turned into a vendor of bulk foods and preparedness. They, they took these relationships that they had with buying food wholesale from all mm. of the whole, wholesale food vendors and and uh, bought food and then resold that to people as preparedness food when when they were having a hard time yeah it was a it was a great switch for taking something that they had and then turning it into selling something that people were really needing when people weren't needing restaurant services anymore do you have any recurring revenue streams in your business model mm -hmm. yes um we published the books and then we keep 10% of the royalties oh, uh, that's cool. off of the books. So we do have that recurring revenue, which is just uh, great. How has um, that helped you? How, how does that help you as, as an organization with your business model and you as an owner of a business and your ability to sleep at night? Yeah, I have other recurring revenue too, uh, if that's of interest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Related to the business, um, just a few really smart things that my uh, advisors uh, recommended. So, uh, for example, I also have recurring revenue from the use of the Leaders Press logo, because the logo I created before I incorporated the business, which means that I, Alinka, am the owner of the logo and Leaders Press pays me royalties for using the logo, and that's a okay. percentage of revenue. Uh, so right now I am, you know, actively working in the business, but if I ever potentially sold it, like I still receive a percentage of revenue that Leaders Press makes because I'm the owner of the logo. Okay. So that's a pretty cool too. I know it's the smart way to do things. Uh, when we uh, enroll new clients, uh, you know, we uh, have an installment plan. Uh, so I mean, that's, that's a limited uh, recurring revenue, so to speak, because that ends at a certain point. But that's still nice when we do our financial projections to know that, you know, this week we have this amount that will come in for sure, because it's, you know, all on payment plans. And, uh, and then we just need to sell this much of new business to, to hit our targets. So yeah. that's always great. Why do you like adding these recurring revenue streams as a business owner? Yeah, you sleep well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's adding a layer of security in a sort of insecure 
potentially insecure environment, you know, as an entrepreneur, you need to bring the business in or, you know, set things up in a way that business keeps coming in. Um, so, you know, it's uh, reassuring to know, you know, at the start of the new month that uh, half of your money is already um, for sure coming in. And uh, with that, you can, you know, cover all the expenses that are coming in. So, you know, you're really working to, uh, to, to build rather than to cover costs. Cause we did have a, we did have a couple of months uh, in our uh, history where um, we were really tight on cash. And so it was, you know, we need, we need to have this sale. We need the sale to come in or otherwise, you know, we're not going to be able to, uh, to deal with the credit card payment coming in the next day. <laughs> so that was stressful for a couple of months, but uh, we've uh, since uh, created uh, a robust structure. So, uh, so right now I feel confident about the, the state, the financial state of our business. Yeah, we, we've all been there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rite of passage for entrepreneurs to go through that. Mm. Okay, so one of the biggest tectonic shifts happening today that we believe is credibility marketing. Instead of trying to tell the world ourselves how awesome we are, uh, marketing through credible sources like review sites or customer testimonials or influencer marketing, those kinds of things. Um, what credibility marketing have you rolled out to grow your business or what have you helped your customers to, to roll out? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite um, pieces of credibility marketing is to hop on a Zoom call after we've delivered uh, our service and uh, ask certain questions uh, that show the before and after of uh, our clients working with us. So we have a couple of these on the website. Uh, before we only asked them for written reviews, but these uh, meetings are so much more powerful and then we can you know, uh, transcribe that anyway and still have a written review. So that's really great. Um, just uh, such a great piece, uh, not only for potential new clients, but also for our team members. You know, we have uh, um, clients refer to team members by name and um, and then maybe say, you know, okay, I want to, I want to do this. Uh, I would love to talk to, you know, a couple of references. And then it, it's really easy to say, no problem. You can take a look at the website too. And, uh, you know, but here are some references. So then the, ref the, the references get on the phone. And uh, it's, a, it's always great to hear when we have a prospect to come on a, you know, second call and say, I've spoken to your references. They've been singing your praises. Um, Maybe they shared some uh, parts of the process that, um, you know, they want to go through or said, you know, one was, I think, you know, uh, this person said that I really need to do the uh, Times Square thing because that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just uh, so enthusiastic. So these really work. But I think the videos, but those are one-on-one, -on -one, so to speak, right? So nobody else uh, sees that. So the, the, the videos that we do after we deliver the service, I think are the most powerful credibility marketing. Um, that's on top of you know, all, the, all the logo stuff and the various uh, quotes uh, that we get for our books uh, that we do you know, as a standard operating procedure.
Thank you so much, Alinka, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, writing a book and getting on bestseller lists is a great way to achieve credibility. Number two, before we meet with a client, we can pre-educate them on our success and how we do business. Then we can focus the sales call on how we can help them specifically instead of selling our services. Number three, after working with a client, they can record a video success story that we can use in our marketing. Number four, it's not the fittest that survives, it's the one that adapts the best. Number five, recurring revenue adds a layer of financial security. To learn more about or connect with Alinka, please connect with her on LinkedIn or visit her website at leaderspress.com. And you can find links to both of these sites on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. You can also get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success on your book. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.